the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy or sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com. Make sure to use promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's your host, Dan Titus here. With your boy, Manaf Manji. What's up, my man? How are you doing today? Doing well, man. Can't believe it's only been a week since the uh, NBA Finals ended, and now we're, you know, we have Team USA going on, and then we still have the NBA draft. So basketball doesn't sleep right now, right? It really doesn't. And I feel like, you know, we've had this lull of like, man, when are we going to have a chance to talk the NBA draft here? Because, you know, there's been tons of rumors flying around, whether it be free agency stuff you know, teams that are looking to position and move around in the draft and stuff like that. But I think Wednesday was like the perfect time for us to get together, talk about what we think is going to happen in the the lottery. At least we're going to go through some of those picks as well as give out some prop bets for that, as well as, you know, break down team USA. You know, we, they finally got a win here uh, recovering from that loss to, to France in group a. So let's not waste any time, man. Let's get into the action. Let's start off with team USA. First off, you know, they had a crazy spread of 41 and a half and they actually managed to cover. They won 120 <laughs> to 66 today or late last night, I guess I should say. But um, yeah, any surprises from that game? I mean, I don't think really, you know, anyone expected U.S. to lose that game. I think now it's just going to be more so of, you know, are they going to be able to get out of group A more than likely? Um, but really what the, their their path to the, the gold medals looking like, you know, there's still the odds on favorite, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There might be some value shooting for other teams like, I don't know, Slovenia, maybe, Spain, you know, France, even, you know, we saw Luca go off for damn near 50 points. Crazy. (laughs) Um, Just want to get your thoughts on first team USA in the Iran match and then kind of what you're looking forward to in the uh, the rest of the Olympics. Yeah, I think the expectation for team USA, I mean, at least with this roster, we didn't know what we were going to get. Right. Because you don't what we've talked about before that it didn't have the some of the more premier stars outside of Kevin Durant, you know, you didn't have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Harden, Kyrie, you know, Steph Curry, those type of guys on this roster. So I think it was going to take some time for them to kind of, you know, build that team chemistry, but at least for France, I mean, they just, I don't, it just wasn't a good shooting night for them, especially down the stretch uh, in that fourth quarter. They had a, I think a seven point lead with about four minutes left. And then they just couldn't buy a shot, especially in that final minute. They got some pretty good looks, but they just weren't able to knock them down. And then, you know, Damian Lillard had two critical turnovers in that game against France down the stretch where, you know, he kind of 
threw the ball on the wing in the corner and that was um, a turnover and then where he kind of slipped and fell and then he kind of tripped uh, Evan Fournier. So that pretty much sealed it uh, for France in that game. But fast forwarding to last night, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything less. I mean, this was an opportunity for them to kind of put their foot on the throat of uh, Iran, uh, kind of get that point differential that might come into play as we kind of get through this uh, group stage here. Uh, they shot the ball a lot better, 55% from the field. I believe they were 48% from the uh, three-point line, made 17 out of 18 free throws. So I guess this was the type of game that we, as Team USA fans and Olympic fans, are expecting from Team USA because we're so used to them dominating. And last night, you know, Damian Lillard had a really good game for uh, Team USA. He dropped 21 points knocked down seven three-point shots, and uh, they took care of business where they needed to. I think that they finally played their brand of basketball. I think that, you know, the the U.S. team has assassins, right? And they hit 19 yeah. threes today. And to your point, you know, against France, they just weren't hitting those shots. So, yeah. you know, it's playing the NBA style of basketball. I mean, they're pulling up from way deeper. You know, I think it should bode well for them shooting a, a, a closer three-point line. They're going to be knocking them down. It's just a matter of getting that chemistry and that rhythm which I think that they found they needed to beat up on somebody to kind of get there, but the path doesn't get any easier. You know, they got to face Czech Republic on uh, later this week. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Saturday yeah. yeah. Um, and then that'll, that'll bring them over to the knockout stage. But I think that this was a good, at least a good tune up, you know, for them to get a rhythm, you know, obviously Damian Lillard shot horrible in the first game he came back at 21 today. They yeah. played better defense in this game too. So, you know, obviously Iran isn't a formidable opponent, but right. I think it's a step in the right direction, but are you still, are you still betting on them to win the gold? I, I think, I think you kind of have to, I mean, this, this group of players that is on team USA, there's, I mean, there's still stars on this team, right? You have Kevin Durant, yeah. like we said, Damian Lillard, uh, they picked up, they, they got Devin Booker, Chris Middleton and Drew holiday after their NBA finals um, series. So there's still players on this team, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo. So they still have the best players in the world on this roster. Um, like you said, I think this was a good confidence boost for them for the win that they got last night. And I think Damian Lillard came out after this, the game and said, it's time for us to start playing Team USA basketball and start dominating. So I think the Czech Republic game is going to be important for us to see how, how much confidence that came out of the Iran game um, and going into the knockout stage. But as far as for me, yeah, I think maybe the value is not there betting on USA to win the uh, gold medal, but I, I still think that they 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 should be the favorite to win it. But there are, like you mentioned, other countries like Spain, Slovenia with Luca that have a chance to get into that uh, the, the final game and possibly, you know, maybe knock off uh, Team USA because these teams are not scared of them. We've seen that Australia beat them, Nigeria beat them, France beat them, so these other countries know that they are beatable and I think they'll have that confidence. It's just going to be for team USA, where are they mentally? And if they're going to have that killer mentality going forward. And to that, you're, you're just mentioning Damian Lillard. Just want to chat about real quick. When's he going to request a trade? And is he actually <laughs> going to, because a report came out from Henry Abbott yet again, mm -hmm. saying that now he's willing to forego checks, game checks, um, in the pursuit of a title and will demand a trade. So, I mean, Lillard came out right after this game, put that to bed. It's like, yo, I'm not giving my money back yeah. and it's getting out of hand. So I, you got to wonder, like, is there, 
is there a trusted source within the Hollinger camp that's that has access to team Lillard and he's leaking this information or I don't know, is Lillard just playing hardball, trying to focus on the USA team USA and not really try to get into the, into the conversation of, you know, whether he wants to demand or trade, you know, heading into next season. I think it's going to be, it depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks, as far as, you know, we're going to get into free agency and, and if they're able to significantly improve this roster um, and maybe, I don't know, we've been hearing things about CJ McCollum. And then like you mentioned with Damian Lillard requesting a trade or not. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think Zach says it the best is that Chris Haynes for, I think he's with Yahoo sports. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's the one that's pretty much in, in the guy that knows Lillard the best and anything that comes from him, I will listen to because he is so close to Damian Lillard, but these other outlets that are reporting this news about, you know, Lillard wanting to recross a trade and, and all things. I think that's all smoke and smoke and mirrors right now. But um, until I hear from Chris Haynes himself, then I'll believe it. But this is a big off season for the Portland trailblazers. I mean, this is pretty much it, right? Your superstar player is frustrated. You need to find a way to improve this roster and turn it into a title contender. So um, their GM and their front office have their hands full if they want to uh, hang on to Damian Lillard. I think maybe one more season is left for Damian Lillard and see what happens, but maybe trade deadline he may request a trade and we'll see what happens. But I, I think I still think that he'll start the season with the Portland Trailblazers. So let's go into a little draft discussion, man. The draft 2021 draft is tomorrow. Going to be aired on ESPN and ABC beginning at 8 Eastern. Cannot wait, but we know that the first the first overall pick has pretty much been determined no matter how much you want to speculate or look into the rumor mill. I don't think anyone has the draft capital right now unless you're giving up a superstar to get that number one pick. That is presumably, presumably going to be Cade Cunningham to Detroit. Right. I think it's going to get a little bit – it might get a little bit more interesting once we get to Houston. You know, there's mm -hmm. still – I think it's – yeah, I mean, you're the Houston guy, so I should be saying I should be asking you, but I'm hearing yeah. most of the stuff about it is that it's Jalen Green. Yeah. Worst case, it's Evan Mobley. The question becomes, if it is Evan Mobley, does that mean Christian Wood is ultimately going to be moved? Is there going to be some kind of movement by another team to possibly get that Houston pick and then they trade back? You know, what are you what are you thinking from a Houston perspective? Yeah, it's going to be Jalen Green for sure. Um, and as far as yesterday there was one of the guys that um, writes for the athletic that covers the Houston Rockets. And there was a picture that was posted on his Instagram or uh, Jalen Green's friend's Instagram that they were on a private jet that is owned by Tillman Fertitta and oh. the Rockets owner. So, um, you know, they were on that jet. I don't know if they were going between back and forth between workouts or whatever the case might be, but I think Jalen Green is is going to be the pick for the Houston Rockets. I think him and Kevin Porter Jr. are, are close friends and kind of have developed that relationship here in the offseason. Um, and as far as from a betting perspective, I did once these draft odds dropped about a month ago, Jalen Green was sitting there at plus 125 to be the second overall pick. And right wow. now... Uh, he is all the way up to minus 400. So um, I think, yeah, the Rockets are going to select Jalen Green. The one interesting thing that I saw that, that kind of came out in the past couple of days about Evan Mobley was that his camp was said that they were disinterested in joining the Houston Rockets. 
and he hasn't worked out for Detroit or Houston from what I'm reading on, on, on Twitter. So um, I, I think one and two for sure are going to be K Jalen green. And I think, you know, getting to the number three pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers are probably going to go with Evan Mobley. Yeah. The Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers are in an interesting spot because they've been rumored to be interested in re-signing Jared Allen, who's going to be a free agent. I mean, Kevin Love is still around there, but, you know, I think that they're really just paying him off at this point. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) that there's going to be a buyout opportunity at some point in the next couple of years, but they don't really have much front court depth. And so I think Evan Mobley makes a lot of sense here Mm -hmm. at number three to fulfill that need, being that they're trying to build out, you know, a, a young core here. And there's been rumors of Colin Sexton possibly being available for trade. Yeah. Maybe you make Evan Mobley and Darius Garland the... The, the faces of that franchise yeah exactly and i 100 agree with what you're saying um i think that if they're able to find a way to re-sign jared allen and having evan mobley as their third overall pick that's a pretty good front court that you have to build around for the future i mean evan mobley i think in any other draft if Cade cunningham Jalen green and evan mobley were all three guys were in separate drafts and now with each other they could arguably be the number one overall picks in every single one of those drafts um and i think getting evan mobley at number three for the Cavs is an absolute uh i mean you couldn't ask for anything better obviously you do want Cade, but you, right. with you building around if they're able to re-sign jared allen like you mentioned having evan mobley as that stretch guy a two-way player you know a defensive guy uh along with darius garland and we don't forget they also have isaac okoro on this roster um, right. with the, with the Colin Sexton rumors going around, I think the Cavs are, are in a good spot to start rebuilding for their future with those three guys for at least those four guys, um, as kind of your starting point and as the young prospects on your team. Yeah, I think that's, those are all great points, man. And I think, you know, they definitely need a wing depth, but I think to your point, you know, Isaac Okoro, it, they already have that. They're going to build around him in the, in that forward spot. So really, they need to address that big man, that big man spot there. Yeah. So this is where it's going to get a bit. I think this is where it's going to get a little bit interesting in the draft here, that number four spot, because you know the Toronto Raptors have made no secret that they're going to try try to be active during this offseason here. Kyle Lowry probably going to be traded in a sign and trade. Fred Van Vliet has apparently been made available for the likes of acquiring, you know, potentially a Ben Simmons. What are your thoughts on, on Toronto? Do they, first off, do they keep this pick? Cause I think that this is probably going to be the first opportunity for someone to trade up. Yeah. And if they decide to keep it, who are they going to keep it for? My thought offhand is going to be Jalen Suggs. I think it makes sense. You know, Gary Trent jr. Is going to be a free agent. Mm. You know, they still have OG and Anubi to build around. Pascal Siakam has also been a, a, a player that's been rumored to be available for trade. I think Jalen Suggs kind of fits right in there for a rebuild, a potential rebuild of what's going to happen. Yeah, and with the Toronto Raptors, I mean, I think this is probably, we, we've talked about throughout the course of the season that their offseason was probably going to be the one of the most interesting uh, offseason teams uh, going into next season because I think, up and down from this roster, everybody's available up for trade, right? We've heard about Kyle Lowry going back to the trade deadline, how he was rumored to go to the Lakers, but that didn't fall through. And then we heard about uh, Pascal Siakam early on, possibly, you know, going to the Warriors or his name being on the trade, uh, I'm sorry, on the, on the trading block, like you mentioned with Fred Van Bleed, with Ben Simmons. So this, this team, 
really has, you know, we're not sure what it's going to look like coming into next season. The one thing that we had discussed last season is that they didn't have that interior presence. They didn't have that true big man uh, inside. And I keep on thinking uh, that if they were able to sneak into that top three and they were able to maybe get a Nevin Mobley, I think the construction of this roster would be talking about something different. It, like I agree with you. It's going to be Jalen Suggs, but there are rumblings that they are also high on Scotty Barnes. And, um, you know, if I think Kyle Lowry for sure is going to be gone from this roster because we're hearing about, you know, with, with the Pelicans clearing out space and maybe the Philadelphia Sixers maybe wanting Lowry, I think that point guard position opens up all of a sudden. So Jalen right. Suggs comes right into this roster, uh, takes over that starting point guard position for the tr- Toronto Raptors. But um, I think that it will be Jalen Suggs. But if you are looking to maybe get some value on a bet, maybe Scotty Barnes also might be going, may be one of the guys that the Raptors are also considering. I'm currently seeing him around uh, plus 220, plus 250 as that fourth overall pick. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing Jalen Suggs at minus one. 60-ish at number four. And I mm-hmm. think for much of what we talked about there, you know, it, if it's really, it really hinges upon if Kyle Lowry's out of there. Yeah. Are they trusted in Fred Van Vliet to be the point guard of the future? Probably not. I think he's he's best suited in that two kind of role there. And, and Jalen Suggs kind of fits right in there uh, yeah. to replace Lowry if that's the case. Because Malachi Flynn, like he's not it. So. Right. But yeah, another interesting one I, I think is, is Orlando. I doubt that they're going to trade out of here because let's be honest, Orlando has nothing to play for. It's not like they're looking to acquire a veteran or really any additional pieces here. They're really just trying to build their, their, their youthful roster around Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, you know, potentially um, this next pick here. So what are your thoughts on this one? I think that this is a good position for Scotty Barnes personally. Um, I know his over under right now is set at five and a half. I think that he's going to go in the top five and for sure. your point, you know, if it's not Lowry being moved, possibly he gets selected by Toronto mm-hmm. worst case. I think he falls to Orlando here. So I think that that's a pretty safe bet at under five and a half uh, for, for Scotty Barnes. But what do you get your thoughts on? What do you think Orlando is going to do here? Yeah. You kind of take a look at this Orlando magic roster, right? And they have the guard depth like you just talked about with Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. And then you also have RJ Hampton on this roster, and then their front court is also loaded too, right? Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., um, uh, Chumo Kiki is also in that front court for the um, for the Magic, and also like you mentioned, Jonathan Isaac. I'm hoping this guy can finally get healthy because this guy definitely has the potential. But in putting sure. Scotty Barnes into this roster, kind of as that 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 three position or four position kind of glue guy, would really big be, be big for this Orlando Magic team because Scotty Barnes is a guy that can do it on both ends of the court. He's a ball handler. Um, you know, his shot is going to definitely improve, but he's almost, you know, Draymond Green-esque. I, I think that there's a couple guys in this draft that are kind of Draymond Green-esque, but better offensively. But, you know, there's there's a lot of experts that have followed Scotty Barnes and that are really high on him. And I think the betting odds are also indicating that, that it's going to be, he's going to be a top five pick. So it's either going to be Toronto or Orlando. So whichever team is going to get him, I think he will get, taken up by Orlando at the number five pick. So getting a guy like Scotty Barnes with some of the other pieces that this Orlando magic team has, um, I think that's going to be a great pickup for them. And they also have the number eight overall pick. We'll get to that in a second here, but Scotty Barnes at number five, um, it's probably a a lock. 
Yeah, in terms of fit, you know, I think his offensive skill set has a little bit has needs a little bit more growth, but I think, you know, sure. with his age, obviously that's something that you can build upon. The one thing that he really hangs his hat on is his defense and it's no secret that that the Orlando Magic could certainly use some defensive presence and that's going to keep him on the floor. So anything you get above and beyond that defensive presence is always going to be a bonus. So I think that he makes a lot of sense here to to really fit that mold. You know, if Jonathan Isaac isn't back yet and, you know, they got to get some other youthful players on the court there to, to support Cole Anthony and others, you know, I think that that makes a lot of sense for their this pick here. So number six, man, this is uh, this is going to be a head scratcher, man. Is this where Sam Presti makes moves or what is he going to do? Is he building around Shea Gilgis Alexander? The sixth pick, very interesting. Um, what do you what do you what do you think here? I mean, there's a lot of options. It's not like the Thunder have a a, a really deep roster here. Like I, they traded, they made a trade for Moses. They traded Moses Brown. You know, they traded some other people. Like right now, there's really only Lugens, Dort, Shea Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander, Darius Baisley, and a slew of other, you know, lower, uh, lower end prospect. Alexei Pokushevsky that you got it. Yeah, that's, a, that's go. a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, you know, they got a lot of young talent. So uh, you got to feel like they're going to make a move here. But if they decide to keep it, who are they going for? Who do you like here? Yeah, I think it's for me, it's probably going to be. Uh... James, uh, uh, James Booknight, uh, Booknight, sorry, uh, out of UConn. And I just think that's going to make a lot of sense that if they're trying to build their own SGA, you insert this guy right next to him. That's a pretty good scoring backcourt to kind of build around. But my one question I wanted to ask you is that they have the number six overall pick. They have so much draft assets in the future. Would this not make sense for them to try to trade up to maybe that number one spot or get into a top three with all the draft assets they have with the amount of talent that's in this draft. I mean, I don't understand why they haven't pushed more chips in. I mean, we saw that they offered SGA and the number six overall pick to the Pistons, I believe. And they didn't, uh, they, uh, they declined. Yeah. Yeah. They rejected the trade, but you have a lot more draft assets in the future, which you're able to trade. Why haven't they done that? Yeah. In my opinion, I, I would be, licking my chops for the number three pick because i think that they could they could easily give away a quite a few draft picks and possibly another player just as a throw in to the Cavs for that third pick and pick up evan mobley because i think evan mobley would be great uh to build around in in oklahoma city but you're right you know if kate cunningham can't be had Maybe you make a, a move with the Houston Rockets, but to your point, I think that they're already pretty much sold on Jalen Green. So I think their first opportunity to do something would really be that Evan Mobley, who potentially could be the best big man in this draft. So for sure, it's not like they don't need that. That's fulfilling the need. So I, I agree with you, man. I think, and I think ZB alluded to it a while ago when we were just teasing some thoughts about the draft and what potentially could happen in the off season. But this has to be the year that Sam Presti cashes in at some yeah. point. So what, what is that going to be? Cause like you can't play till 2028 with all these draft picks and not do anything with them. Um, so we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. Is there any dark horses you think that they could take here? Maybe Jonathan Kaminga. Now we'll get to that when that goes to the warriors, but yeah, I think he could actually be a pretty good fit there, but I've heard that the warriors are very bullish on, on, on Jonathan Kaminga if they decide to keep the pick, which is another team. You know what? Let's just get into it now. Yeah, you know the Warriors are obviously made no secret of their situation here. Clay Thompson's coming back off an of injury. Draymond Green's not getting any younger. You have Steph Curry in his prime. 
this is not an opportunity to get another James Wiseman where you take on another project and you got to, you know, wait for it to develop and all that type of stuff. I think that they're going to move out of this pick and potentially try to get uh, a veteran, maybe for a little bit cheaper or some kind of team that's looking and that's in that midst of uh, not quite a playoff contender, but they made it, but they're, they've signaled that they need to probably go a different direction. I think this is where the Warriors will kind of either strike and trade their seventh and their 14th and a Wiggins or somebody else for, um, for a player. But what are your, what are your thoughts here on the number seven pick? Yeah, I think the Warriors are in a, a uh, interesting spot, right? They have two lottery picks with number seven and number 14. From what I've been reading, that they've been really high on two guys, and that's Jonathan uh, Kaminga, like you mentioned, and then uh, Chris Duarte. Those are the two guys that I've kind of been reading that have been most connected with the um, with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, a couple of mock drafts that I do follow, they have uh, Josh Giddy as the number seventh pick going to the uh, uh, Warriors. but like you mentioned with the Warriors, they're like in a prime spot. To, they're in the win now mode, right? Like you mentioned yeah. with Curry in his prime, you're getting Clay Thompson back. You have Draymond Green. You have the number seven, number 14 overall pick, right? You have draft capital. Then you also have a tradable contract with Wiggins. And then you also have a young talent they drafted last year with James Wiseman. So I think this is a good Absolutely. time for their front office to maybe cash in for a trade like a veteran, like you mentioned. You know, possibly we've been hearing that Woj has been saying that Bradley Beal makes the most sense for the Warriors. But is that going to be enough for the Wizards to come on and, and agree to a trade with the Warriors and, and between the Warriors and the Wizards? Is that enough gonna, going to be enough for the Washington Wizards? Um, I feel like they're still going to make the picks if there is going to be a blockbuster trade. I think it's going to be, you know, obviously the Warriors because of what they have. Um, I think Jonathan Kaminga is probably the pick here because those are the one name that I've been hearing that's been most linked with the Washington, uh, sorry, the Washington Wizards, with the Golden State Warriors. So I think getting that front court depth, I mean, the, Jonathan Kaminga is a guy that, you know, provides that mid-range. He, he's a tall guy, 6'8", a wingspan of 6'10". I think that pick makes a lot of sense for them. Um, and Warriors are an interesting spot, right? Like we said, it's a win now, but then you also can build for the future at the same time because you have the 7th and 14th pick. You know, you have Wiseman in the wings, and then if you added a, a guy like Kaminga and then whatever they decide with the 14th pick, you're kind of set up for the future also. But this is the time for them to cash in. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they do make a trade tomorrow night with the assets and everything that they have. So uh, is it going to be Bradley Beal? Is it going to be somebody else that they're, that they're after? We shall see. But as far as I think they're going to make the pink pick, probably going to be Jonathan Kaminga. All right. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, and then we're going to get into the number eight through 14 picks. Ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from NHL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds for every major sport, we have exactly what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer of risk-free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, and win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning today. 
And we're back here. So let's let's kick it off to the next squad here. Yeah, the Magic, Magic got their second lottery pick here. Do you think that they're going to keep this pick? And if so, you know, where do they go here? I mean, they could definitely use additional shot creators. You know, they could also use a big man. They already got their potentially if they got Scotty Barnes, they already got their wing. Um, do you think yeah. that they're going to address any other scoring needs potentially in the backcourt? And if they do, is this a spot where maybe you could grab a Davion Mitchell? Um, who's right now his prop bets are sitting at, I think he's sitting at 12 and a half over under. Yeah. I, I think he could be had at a, at an, at this spot here at number eight. Yeah. I think for, for the magic, I mean, they're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. So I think this is where you could probably take what's the best player available and just, just get as many players and, and develop them and see what happens. Because like we said on this roster, the names that we talked about with the number five pick, they have so much potential on this team. It's just about, who's going to pan out and, and develop and be a, a star in the NBA. Um, for me, I actually had Moses Moody here going to the magic at the number eight pick. I think this is the guy that they, that the magic can use as far as shooting and having another wing guy. Um, Cole Anthony, not the greatest, doesn't have the greatest shot. Um, like again, market Markel Fultz, also a guy we know he was with not the Sixers shooting. <laughs> yeah, not known for shooting also. So you kind of have to get some shooters on this roster. I think Moses Moody yeah. fits that mold very well for the um, uh, Orlando Magic. And then also pairing that with Scotty Barnes, I think those are going to be two pretty good picks for the um, for the Orlando Magic. I like it. Yeah, Moses Moody, I mean, he dropped 17 points, six rebounds, and, and, and about two assists. So definitely more of that shooting guard mold the, at 6'6". Six, six. Versus my my pick of Davion Mitchell, who's like six foot, dropped fifteen points and and five about five assists in his uh, last season at uh, I believe it was Baylor. Davion Mitchell, yeah, yeah, Baylor. Okay, yeah, and both um, of those guys so, right now on DraftKings, sorry, are uh, plus one twenty five to go in the top ten. So it almost seems like I think we're pretty much picking on maybe which guy the Orlando Magic are deciding in between between right. Moody and, and Mitchell. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who they go with at number eight. Definitely. And number nine, we'll get into the Kings. So the Kings have also made no, no secret about their plans on, you know, possibly trying to acquire a major free agent uh, or a major trade, I should say, for the likes of Ben Simmons. We, we've heard his name surface quite a bit. Apparently the, the, the Kings are also interested in Damian Lillard. I don't think there's any chance that he goes to Sacramento, but <laughs> Um, they do need, they could potentially could need a rim protector. Uh, if Rashawn Holmes isn't re-signed, you know, they don't, they're, they've made no, I mean, they obviously want to get rid of Marvin Bagley. That guy's been demanding a trade for years now yeah. and, uh, really doesn't have a really good fit there. So wouldn't be surprised, you know, the Lakers have also made it, uh, clear that they want, they have interest in Buddy Heald. So he's mm -hmm. another disgruntled player. I think that they're looking to offload. So, you know, if Buddy Heald is out of there and potentially Marvin Bagley, where does that really leave them in a position drafting-wise? Yeah, I, I, like you just mentioned everything with, with the guys on this roster. I think the only two guys safe on this roster are, is their, their backcourt of the future with De'Aaron Fox and uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm That's so excited to watch next season with these two guys and, and into the future how, how good this backcourt could be. Um I think Sacramento did a poor job of tanking the season. I mean, imagine if they were in the top three and they were oh. able to pair Evan Mobley, yeah, Mobley. with Fox, 
and how Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, how exciting would that team have been? But they're sitting at the nine pick, and I, I agree with you. They need to go with a, a, a big man here. I think there's two names that kind of stick out for me here. Uh, the one, uh, number one is uh, Franz Wagner from uh, Michigan. I think he might be a little undersized. He's more of a, a Draymond Green type of guy, but, you know, he's, he's a guy that, uh, you know, can facilitate, that can get up and down the floor, a great two-way player for, uh, for Michigan. And then, you know, he's a facilitator, a glue guy, again, like a defender that Sacramento really needs because they've been really, really bad on the defensive end over the past couple of years. I think the other guy is the guy out of Turkey, and it's uh, Alperin Sagoon. And I think him at 18 years old, and if you've seen some of the highlights on this guy, um, it's incredible. 18 years old, MVP of the Turkish League. Um, this guy is legit. I think he's going to be a great pickup for any team. So I think those are the two guys that I'm looking at as far as big men that the Sacramento Kings need. Because like we've mentioned, they're set in their backcourt with their two guys. They have a couple wing players. It's the interior and front court of the uh, Sacramento Kings or where they need help. So it's either going to be Franz Wagner for me or uh, Alperin Sagoon. Yeah. I like the Franz Wagner pick because Wagner pick, because, you know, six, nine to your point, pretty versatile and, yeah. you know, he can catch and shoot. He's got defensive, uh, defensive versatility to him where he can guard multiple positions. I think he he's the right spot. I mean, I think that they're looking to do something different. And when you get somebody that can actually stretch the floor a little bit more, I think it gives a little bit more opportunity for De'Aaron Fox, right? And yeah. I think that's one thing he was lacking was a front court that actually could stretch the floor a little bit. So I think that that's a really good call. Uh, so let's take it to number 10, man. The uh, Memphis Grizzlies moved up, made a big trade, traded Jonas Valachunas to the Pelicans for Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. I think reports are, I mean, it's no, I mean, it's, I think most people would probably project that Eric Bledsoe is not going to play for the, the Memphis Grizzlies this season. <laughs> Uh, definitely does not fit into their rebuild plans of getting a, a guy that really can't shoot. He was once called baby LeBron, but I think that that was a bit overstated. Yeah. Great defensively, but offense has a lot to be desired. So in terms of Memphis's direction, you know, they, they spent, they draft, they grabbed Desmond Bain last season mm. uh, in the draft and he wound up working out pretty well. Saw minutes in the playoffs was definitely usable throughout the season. Knockdown shooter. A lot of capability, but where do you think that they go here? I mean, there's been already been rumors that they're giddy. Yeah. They're giddy about Josh Giddy. So yeah, what do you th- what do you think they're ultimately going to do? Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the Memphis roster, right? Obviously, with John Moran and uh, uh, Dylan Brooks in their backcourt. I mean, Dylan Brooks is a guy that can guard out almost all five positions for them at six seven. The front court now with Stephen Adams, you're you're going to get Triple J back, a healthy you know six eleven power forward. Uh, stretch guy there um, and then you also have Xavier Tillman on this roster so the front court is pretty much pretty much locked up the the position that they're going to need help with is a wing shooter a wing guy and I think Josh Giddy is that going going to be that guy I think that once that trade had been made there were some reports that they were pretty much locked in at, at Josh Giddy at that number 10 spot if he falls to them I know I had to have him going number eight to the magic but uh, whichever one of those two guys, either Moody or um, Josh Giddy, is available, that's a player that the Memphis Grizzlies uh, are going to take. So um, I'll agree with you. Again, it's going to be Giddy for me. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense for him to for the Memphis Grizzlies to uh, pick up this type of guy who's a, a 
is a guy that can shoot the ball and it's a wing player. Yeah, I think it's the playmaking that's most attractive to him to the Memphis Grizzlies because, you know, you couldn't help but notice, but in the playoffs, everything was really revolving around John Moran and his ability to create. I think yeah. they could use another person there that could, you know, potentially take lighten that load a little bit. And, and he may not start out, out the gates, but, you know, at least gives them some depth that's beyond Tyus Jones and yeah, uh, a few other players that really didn't really help out, you know, when they needed them most. But I think it's also a signal that Memphis wants to play with better pace, right. um, push that tempo out, which I think bodes well for Jaron Jackson Jr. If we can get him in a, a healthy season, sure. you know, I think he, he plays a lot better and fits with that other than, you know, Jonas Valachunas, who's more of a traditional big man that just learned how to start stretching the floor later in his career. Yeah, and we're seeing a um, lot of teams yeah. now starting to have two ball handlers on their roster or on the floor at the same time, so... Josh Giddy really fits that form for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, sir. And so the Charlotte Hornets on the clock at 11. Where do you think that they go here? Yeah, so for, for, for the for the Hornets, it's going to have to be front court, right? I mean, you have LaMelo Ball, uh, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington. I mean, the list, Miles Bridges, this, this list goes on. They have the wings. They have the guard depth. I don't think Cody Zeller and Bismarck Biombo are the answers at the front court position uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. From what I've been reading, and I, and I agree with this, there's two guys that I think are going to go probably back to back here. And with the Spurs at 12, um, both teams that need front court help. I think the the first guy that I already mentioned was uh, Alperin Sengun, the Turkish yep. MVP. That's a guy that can fit at 11 or 12. I mean, the other guy is going to be out of Texas, Kai Jones. I think that's another guy, more of a stretch for a guy, a guy that can really create his own shot. He can defend. He's a he's a rim runner. I think that's the type of player that the um, Charlotte Hornets could really use, especially with LaMelo Ball and the, and the athletes that they have, the guys that can get up and down the floor. And then you add a guy like Jones that can get up and down the floor with you also, a super athletic guy. I think this is a good fit for uh, Kai Jones. Yeah, I think between Kai Jones and Sagoon in, in these exactly how you, you you spelled it out here at 11 and 12, I think these guys could probably be interchangeable because both of them, both teams, the Hornets and Spurs are in need of front court depth. So, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with those options. And so let's take it to being that we just talked about the, the Spurs. You know, I think that there's there's also a possibility here that the Spurs go maybe with a forward in some, maybe some three point shooting because DeMar DeRozan never gave him that. Yeah. And you know, they don't really have, I mean, maybe Patty Mills or excuse me, Patty Mills, um, Derek white, excuse me, Derek white's going to be returning. He's been injured quite a bit, Yeah, but they were, they ranked dead last in, in, in three point attempts last season. Um, so I think that that's, you know, in a modern day NBA, you got to be able to shoot. So you got to, is there a place for, if they decide not to go with the rim protector, which is certainly a need, is there a, an opportunity for them to go maybe bolster that, that shooting presence and grabbing any, any young shooters that, that may be still available in the draft? Yeah. I mean, I think I agree hundred percent what you said about their three point shooting. You know, you have DeJounte Murray, not a good three point shooter, right? Lonnie Walker, athletic guy, Derek White, um, Keldon Johnson, another, you know, a, a three, or, or a guy that can guard all five positions, a really great defender. 
Um, I just think that it kind of fits the mold of the San Antonio Spurs going after these international guys, right? We've seen it with Tony Parker. We've seen it with Manu Ginobili. So I think Sagoon might be the pick here, but I agree with you that they, they do significantly need to improve their three-point shooting. So um, it, it, with the San Antonio Spurs we've seen over the years, it's, the, it's not the pick that we expect them to make. It's always a guy out of left field. Um, but, you know, the young talent is there with the San Antonio Spurs, right? Um, their future looks bright. Murray's only 24 years old. Uh, Lonnie Walker, 22. Derek White probably is going to be the older statement at 27. And the guy they uh, drafted last year, Devin Vassell, at, he's only 20 years old also. So, um, yeah, I, I think that they need to go low post for me. But, again, shooter is probably another priority. But I think that's something they may be able to address in free agency. All right. And then the final, the final pick of the lottery goes to the Pacers. What are your thoughts here on what they're going to do? And we've heard that maybe Miles Turner's on the block. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon's already been available for trade to acquire someone like a Ben Simmons, but this is a completely different Indiana Pacers offense going into next season. TJ Warren's going to be a free agent. Karis LeVert just came in. He's going to be one of their cornerstone pieces. Uh yeah, what do you, where do you think that they go here? Yeah, I think they're probably going to have to draft the replacement for Malcolm Brogdon because I believe this is his final year on his deal with the Pacers. So this might this guy might be a may, a name that we might need to keep an eye out for at the trading deadline. Um, if Davian Mitchell is available at this point, I think it just makes sense for the Indiana Pacers to take him. Um, right. The the way they've been comparing him to Donovan Mitchell has, I mean, if you kind of look at the way he shoots, the way he plays the game, it's it, it's almost like Donovan Mitchell. And I actually had to look this up. No, they are not related. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I think this guy's a carbon copy of Donovan Mitchell, and I think you know, for him to have that, he his stock really went up in that NCAA tournament, especially the way this this Baylor team played in the. Um, in the championship game and their run in the, uh, in the, in the March madness tournament, I think yeah, this is the spot where you probably need to take Davian Mitchell and um, build for the future. You know, I think this roster is going to have a lot of question marks because like you mentioned with Miles Turner on the block, on the, on the block, Malcolm Brogdon within final year of his contract. Um, you know, you, you did acquire Karis LeVert might be a guy part of your future. So uh, I think they have, probably have to go guard here. And you also don't forget that you still have uh, Sabonis on this roster that will probably be around uh, for this team. Yeah. The only, the only other player that I think I could throw out here is a dark horse, maybe, uh, maybe Keon Johnson here, but I know that he's yeah. been sliding quite a yeah. bit lately, you know, but as Brogdon size six, five, you know, we saw what Karis LeVert can do as a as a combo guard. He can run point if he needs to. Mm-hmm. I think you could slot in someone like Keon Johnson with a 6'5 frame. Pretty raw, but, you know, is definitely ranked as one of the top 10 prospects in this draft for his upside here. Um, I think that that could be an opportunity uh, for them to maybe go for a young freshman, that young freshman that um, really didn't come on until later on in the season at Tennessee. So, yeah, I, I really don't have any – I really wonder what the Pacers are going to do here, but I think this is – I think you're right. You know, if Davion Mitchell falls to that 14 spot, it's a no-brainer to take someone with the – that strong comparisons to uh, Donovan, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get into – we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into some of our prop bets that we like heading into tomorrow night's draft. 
We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this the best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80-1 to to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strengths of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80-1 to bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes about $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making bets, remember, go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep the one to, for yourself just to have some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up for a free shot at $1 million. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. Lastly, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. It's now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. So don't forget to toss us a app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, let's get into it, Munaf. Yeah, break it down for us. Which, which ones you're, you're betting on here? I, I do have an article dropping on the, on the website, but I'll, you know, if you're not able to listen to the podcast, it'll probably be the same picks and maybe just check the article there. Um, I know we did forget 14, the Golden State Warriors. Um, oh, as the last lottery right. team, which is what's fine. Um, uh, I, if, from what I've been reading, and this will lead into my best bet, and I really have to credit uh, ZB for, for pointing me to the direction of this guy, is, is the guy that I mentioned earlier, was uh, Chris Duarte. Um, they've brought him back, the Warriors have, for a second workout. I think, I believe it was yesterday. And when you have your best players, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and James Wiseman all attending that um, workout. I think that kind of speaks to me that this might be a direction that they might be looking at. And Chris Duarte is a guy, he's 24 years old. You know, he's obviously the older guy in this draft. So he's a guy that we talked about with the Warriors that can step up and step in and help them immediately because he, he has that experience, and he's and Duarte has said this himself, that if you're a team that wants to win now, draft me. But if not, and if you're looking for the future, I'm not your guy because I'm already 24 years old. Um, so with the Warriors, they had him come in with a workout yesterday. Uh, their, their star players, like I mentioned, were all there watching him. So I think that 14th pick is where Duarte goes, which leads into my best bet for this draft, my first one is Chris Duarte. Um, when Zach had mentioned this guy to me, I picked him up at under 19 and a half. Right now he's down to 15 and a half, and I still do like it at 15 and a half. There's been rumors with the Knicks that may want to trade up for this guy to draft him along with the Lakers. Lakers, another team that are in win-now mode. So I think uh, if they're able to find a deal to kind of sneak into that top 15 and pick this guy up under 15 and a half for Chris Duarte is my best bet uh, for uh, the NBA draft. Yeah, I've been reading about Duarte. Um, glad you brought him up because I think he's another option that could possibly be for the the Indiana Pacers. 
the Washington Wizards have been eyeing him up at 15 yeah. as well. So there's definitely going to be competition towards the back end of that lottery to potentially move up to get him. There are also rumors that the Lakers have been discussing trying to move up to get him. And, you know, if we know anything about the Lakers, they're absolutely in win now mode and could use a guy that could be inserted right now um, and come at a way lesser cost than some of these free agents that are out there that could build, you know, around LeBron and AD there. So really, really interesting stock rise for, for Chris Duarte. Yeah. Uh, my best bet, I'm going to go Jalen Johnson out of Duke over 14 and a half. You know, I think that there's this is going to be a really guard heavy wing depth draft. And mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of playmakers available here, I don't know if that leaves enough for Jalen Johnson, the product out of Duke to get selected in the, within the first 15 picks here, especially with so many of these uh, lottery teams that really need they really need some some playmaking scoring and, and as well as as uh, just shooting in general. But he's been a guy that's been following in, in a lot of mock drafts. And recently, John Hollinger's latest, um, he went as late as 18. And before that, they had him at 24. So, you know, while he's sliding up a little bit, I still think there's enough. There's not enough energy and enthusiasm around him being selected in the top 15 picks. And you get that at minus 135. So that yeah. will be my best bet thus far. I love that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with you that there's a lot of mock drafts that I, the guys that actually know what they're talking about, actually follow these guys that he's not even close to top 15. So that kind of gives you those extra picks uh, of him. If he's the earliest, he's going to go with 18 and you're at 15 and a half. I, I really like that. Um, yeah. My next one, I'm going to go uh, Kai Jones under 15 and a half. It's a little juiced at minus 170, but like I mentioned, those two teams, the Charlotte Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs are teams that need that front court depth um i've seen some mock drafts having this guy going even going in the top 10 but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it safe go under 15 and a half with kai jones um i believe that a the perfect spot for him is probably going to be the charlotte hornets and um you know if you're really feeling that he goes in the top 10 um he's sitting there at plus 275 for top 10 i don't think he gets in the top 10 but i think that that 11 to 15 range is where he's really going to fall now. Like we talked about with the San Antonio Spurs and the Charlotte Hornets needing that front court guy. I think him and Sagoon are the two guys that will probably be first ones off the board uh, as far as big men go. I like that. And I'm going to go back to something you said earlier, Moses Moody under 11 and a half. I see that at minus 145. I don't think this guy's going to make it past 10. Yeah. So, you know, to me, much of what you described, you know, if if my guy, I really like Davion Mitchell, so I, I could see him going as high as eight. But I don't think realistically, you know, with the with the depth of what the Orlando Magic is looking for, they grab Scotty Barnes maybe at number five. I think you could grab a Moses Moody at eight for a guy that has a seven one wingspan. You know, they love obviously they've been loving the length um, yeah. in terms of of their their wing depth. So. I think Moses Moody is not going to fall beyond that level. So I think you're getting really good value there at, at him sitting at minus 11 and a half at 11 and a half. I think he'll go way before that. Yeah. And then like we talked about earlier with, with, with Moody, I had him going number eight to the magic latest is probably Grizzlies at 10. So um, if you're able to find a top 10 on your book, um, DraftKings right now has Moody at plus plus one twenty five to be in the top 10. So um, like you mentioned, Dan, that I don't see him getting past 10. So you have that extra pick if uh, just in case. But um, yeah, Moses Moody has been a guy that I've seen in every mock draft going top 10. Um, 
for my next one, uh, another guy that I'm talking about, the Turkish MVP, Alperin Sagoon, under 12 and a half. Um, again, I'm, I'm really playing on this angle of Charlotte or Spurs drafting one of these two big men. Um, right now, he is sitting at, let me see, under 12 and a half at minus 125. Um, some of the mock drafts I do have seeing have him in that 9 to 12 range. Um, not much of a margin error for me there, but, um, you know, I kind of got to put my money where my mouth is. So, um, you know, a guy that's 18 years old, and if you have time, check out this guy's workouts and some of the games highlights that he had in the Turkish league. And this guy can shoot the ball. He can, his footwork is amazing. Um, so I think that's going to bode well for one of these teams. I need a big guy. So under 12 and a half for Alperin Sagoon, uh, minus 125. Like it. Um, and do you want to tease your final one for the for your article, or do you want to save that one and make them go read it? I'll, I'll tease it for the article. Go read the article. That's my last one. I gave out the probably my two ones that I'm, <laughs> I'm heaviest on for our listeners, um, but my third one, and I have a couple more on there also to consider. So I think there's about eight total picks, uh, seven to eight total picks on the article that will be dropping later today. So check it out. Uh, it'll be dropping at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and as always. Tweeted out from the SGP Twitter feed and also my Twitter feed. So for my last one, go ahead and check it out over there. Dope, dope. All right. So make sure you check out Munaf's article that's going to be dropping later today ahead of the draft. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the draft or any potential trades that might be happening on draft night? I think we talked about, you know, keep an eye out on the Washington Wizards uh, to make a pay trade, possibly the Golden State Warriors. And maybe the OKC Thunder, you know, they have the draft capital. There's some disgruntled stars or not disgruntled stars, but maybe Bradley Beal may want to be on the move. Um, so I, hopefully we get some type of blockbuster deal on draft night. So we have something to talk about. But again, this draft, like we talked about, is it's it's star studded with the top three guys. And there's a lot of great guys after that with Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, uh, Josh Gady. I mean, there's so many good names. Jonathan uh, Kaminga, so many good names in this draft. So. I'm excited for it, man. You know, NBA is not sleeping. It's going to be a quick turnaround. Uh, we're going to have free agency starting with the, uh, after the draft. So uh, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, exciting times for sure. Just got an alert. Jonathan Kaminga just signed a deal with Nike. This dude's definitely going um, within the top 10 pick for sure. Um, yep. This dude's going to be a baller. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting, no doubt. I'm really hyped to see what Oklahoma City finally tries to do if they do anything. Maybe there's going to be some trade demands that are made over the next day or so. But either way, we'll check back in with y'all. We'll get some draft reactions. Hopefully, we'll have something else to talk about beyond the Olympics. And uh, as we get into free agency, make sure you check out the SGPN app, sg.pn slash app. And um, yeah, man, Munaf, where can they find you um, on the Twitter sphere? Yeah, find me uh, at on Twitter at sports nerd eight two four. My props column for the NBA draft will be up there. And then also some MLB stuff. So um, check that out. And then the month of August will be uh, heavy, heavy with uh, NFL around the seasons or sorry, around the corner for their, for the season starting in September. So um, lots of stuff going on. Check me out on Twitter there and uh, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, hardest working man in the biz right now. Just not one sport this man does not cover. So make sure you give him his flowers once he gets you the bag. And I'm Dan Titus. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Titus. Do a ton of different stuff. But until then, let it ride. Peace. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm